0: Good evening and welcome in to Yingling post-game live here on Power Mizzou after a 14-3 Missouri win in the Cotton Bowl over the Ohio State Buckeyes. You are Missouri Tigers Cotton Bowl champs, 11-2 on the season, and at worst, come next week, the eighth-ranked team in the final poll of the season, exactly where we all thought they were going to be when we started this thing in August. Appreciate you guys joining me. Um, I know some of you are at the Cotton Bowl in all likelihood. Some of you are probably watching Cotton Bowl post game. I appreciate you hanging out with me. Gerard Hamilton is doing interviews. He's gonna jump on with us hopefully from uh, AT&T Stadium at some point, but he's got other priorities, so I wanted to make sure to jump on here with you guys as soon as this thing was over, and we're going to talk about it all night long. First of all, before we get into this, as all of our shows, all of our coverage has been all week long, we are brought to you by our friends at Yingling, uh, America's finest lager and oldest brewery uh they make nice hats as well as good beer um so want you guys to follow them at yingling beer on both twitter and instagram and uh crack one open and let's hang out and talk about it for a little bit um comments questions put them in the queue alex is producing things behind the scenes i will say logan i have not had a yingling tonight that does not mean i will not. but i've got to get through this show i've got a column to write i've got a podcast to do we've got video to do so um appreciate that you guys hopefully are deep into the yinglings that's awesome that's going to make for a good show thank god i'm not taking calls uh but again comments questions all that alex will uh we'll put things up i'll react to them as we go i'll throw up some I'll, I'll put out some of my own thoughts okay so let's start with scott and scott appreciate the uh, super chat and um, uh, again, we don't ask for it, but certainly appreciate it, guys. And uh, and if you want to, it's definitely going to get your comment on the show. Uh, Scott says, the backup QB excuse is weak. Ohio State's second third string quarterbacks are elite five-star recruits. So let me say this, guys. First of all, I, I tweeted this with about three minutes left. Two weeks, nobody outside of Columbus, Ohio, is going to know or care who played quarterback for Ohio State. It also, Who gives a shit what Ohio State fans think about this win? Like, why do you guys care? Who cares? Because if if you're in their situation, you're absolutely saying, well, it was our third-string quarterback and Marvin didn't play. Sure, that's fine. And let them say that, and that's great. That does not take away from this win for Missouri. It is Missouri's first win over a top-10 team in 10 years. It is Missouri's first win in a bowl game against a top-10 team since Navy in 1961, guys. Like... It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about this. This was, this puts this season in the conversation with 07 and thirteen and nineteen sixty 1960 and nineteen sixty nine. Like you're going to be talking about this season in thirty years. And uh, Alex, if you can put that back up from Scott, I do want to get or from Matt, I do want to get to it. Next year's national championship or bust. Only slightly kidding. You're right, man. Look, this is gonna be a top ten team next August. I I would be very surprised if it isn't so not national championship or bust, but yeah, playoff. That's the goal. No question. That's the goal. Uh, But again, I don't care who played quarterback for Ohio state. Like Devin Brown didn't look very good when he was in there and then he got hurt. And the next kid looked worse. Guess what? Missouri didn't do anything on offense either, but they figured out a way for 40 minutes. This was the most inept offensive game I'd ever seen. And then suddenly Missouri figured it out. Brady Cook, Marquise Johnson, Cody Strader, Luther Burden, Theo Weiss, like guys made plays. And again, Ohio State had stars on that field. Uh, The backup quarterback didn't play offensive line, guys. The backup quarterback didn't watch Johnny Walker and Darius Robinson rip them apart and didn't fail to pick up Dalen Carnell, who, by the way, no offense to Johnny Walker, Jr. Dalen Carnell robbed of the defensive MVP tonight. in my opinion, he was he lived in the backfield. Um, so uh, yeah, like Jason said, it was their third string quarterback, but like they had the other guys, yeah, they didn't have Marvin. Carnell Tate was like the number thirteen player in the country. Uh, I don't know that he had a catch because Ohio State couldn't get it couldn't get him the ball. Uh, I mean, to me, Yeah, Ohio State fans are going to say what they're going to say, and that's let them say it. Like that shouldn't bother you guys at all. You should be super excited about this, this night, this win, this team, this season. This is what we said leading up to this thing. If you get this win, like it, it just doesn't matter who played for Ohio State. I mean, Missouri played without a starting cornerback. It played without a starting linebacker and its best defensive player you know so hey this is what bowl games are and I do think it matters a little bit that this game was important enough for for all of Missouri's players to play Darius Robinson's going pro he didn't have to play this game um you know uh Theo Weiss could go pro I don't think he's going to but he could he didn't have to play this game um Christian Williams didn't have to play this game just just pick guys chris Abram Strain didn't have to play this game you know uh, I I mean so it matters that they t rise appreciate the uh the super chat there and and appreciate all you guys who are not only hanging out here with me at 11 o'clock on a Friday night but uh, but have been here all season long and have followed along and uh it's been it's been a lot of fun because I don't, I don't think I can't imagine if you gave Eli Drinkwitz True Serum in August, he'd have seen this. Um, and we'll get into the big picture, but just kind of some thoughts that are going through my head about this one. And and uh, again, your thoughts, put them up. We'll, we'll get to them. We'll react to them. All that. My thoughts. I after the second touchdown drive, the ninety-one yard drive that ended in the seven-yard touchdown pass to Luther Burton. I said that was a legacy-defining quarter for Cody Schrader and Brady Cook. Those two are going to be talked about in Missouri history literally forever now. Now, Brady has another year to add to whatever he's doing. Cody doesn't. you telling me anybody's going to forget Cody Schrader? I mean, that kid, all-time single-season rushing leader, top 10 in the Heisman, led the country in yards per game won the Burlsworth trophy for the, the uh, you know, best player who started his career as a walk-on became really, I think the story of college football this year. I mean, I, I know there's a playoff and and that's obviously story number one, but outside of those four teams, like Cody Schrader might be the best, might be the biggest story in college football. And he, it was just a commercial for Cody Schrader and Mizzou football for the last month of the season. Um, he just chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. He was really the only thing Missouri had in the first two and a half quarters. And he wasn't great, but he kept him kind of alive. Moved the chains a couple times, right? And then, like has happened all year long, the dam broke. And Cody Schrader and Brady Cook put the game away. A lot of you guys are saying Cody should have been the MVP. I wouldn't have argued with Cody. But, man, guys, Brady Cook made some re- ridiculous throws the 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 49 yarder to to Marquise Johnson was like that wasn't a great throw he was wide open I mean it was a good throw I, I couldn't make it don't get me wrong but he was wide open but it was still the one that kind of opened the floodgates that throw to Theo Weese first of all credit to Brady for understanding he had a free play he knew Ohio State's defensive and jumped off sides and you could see him signal out to Weiss like go deep we've got a free play and he put the ball in a window that i mean there's not many you can't do it any better than he did then the touchdown to luther burton he fit that between two defenders and a ref and, and i mean that was it, it, somebody told me that apparently mike kelly called it an interception initially on the uh on the the broadcast or on the radio uh, network and it was close but Like, Brady's numbers aren't going to blow you away. But those 66 rushing yards, his his legs were all Missouri had for a little while. There you go. Logan Cook's legs, the only things preventing some three and outs. And that kid, I mean, just tough as nails, guys. Uh, um, I mean, he took a hit on that touchdown drive. I think it was around the nine-yard line, set up second one, something like that. I texted some of my friends that I I think I saw his soul leave his body on that hit. I mean, he, he was taking a beating and to be fair, in the first half, Brady wasn't very good. He was seeing ghosts. Um, the offensive line wasn't good. And then Brady got to a point where even when there wasn't pressure, he expected pressure and he was missing open guys. He wasn't good for two and a half quarters. And then he hit the throw to Marquise Johnson, and it just kind of freed him up. And all of a sudden, like, he turned it on. I think he had 33 yards passing at halftime, had the the 49-yarder to Johnson, had uh, I think it was about 35, something like that, to Weiss, had the seven-yard touchdown. And, again, the 66 yards rushing can't be discounted. So I would have had no problem with Cody Schrader being the offensive MVP. I also have absolutely no issue with Brady Cook being the offensive MVP. Um, you know, e- either way, those like those two guys, that's this team. Um, one or the other. I, I don't really care which one gets the recognition. I don't think they care which one gets the recognition. Uh, and like Larry says, you know, they're both just tough. They don't quit, and they, like those guys are going to go down, and this is the column I'm going to write at two a m or whenever we finish this show. Is that was that second half cemented those two kids legitimately with names like Daniel and Macklin and Ray and Sam. And like they are now in that conversation because of this season and where this season put Missouri, um which is eleven and two, again, I think, at worst eighth in the country. I mean they're gonna they're gonna pass Ohio State in the rankings. We know that. You know, Oregon, uh we'll see. I assume they'll beat uh beat Liberty. The Georgia, Florida State loser, if it's Florida State, only lost one game. I don't know if Missouri jumps them. If it's Georgia, I don't think Missouri can jump them because Georgia beat them. But so, you know, Missouri's gonna be seventh or eighth in the country in the final rankings, which is okay. <laughs> Can't complain about that. Um, and Peter, yeah, imagine if they beat LSU, the, 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 they still wouldn't have made the playoff. The one they had to win was Georgia. Um, Beating LSU, like you'd have been sixth, maybe, Um, but you weren't going to make the playoff because you wouldn't have made the SEC title game. And there were a couple what-if moments this season, but I don't know, guys. I think missouri got everything out of this season it could what i've said about this season since it ended and drew appreciate the uh appreciate the super chat man thank you very much uh got 420 of you guys here and i appreciate that um but I, I i just don't think missouri left much meat on the bone um they won Every game, every like game that we said at the beginning of the year was a swing game, they won. And let's be honest, none of us called Georgia a swing game, none of us called LSU a swing game. Those were losses to us starting the season. I mean, they just were. Um, and I said, like, I just assume they'll lose at least one more. I said, the ceiling on this season to me was nine and three, and <laughs> completely wrong. Uh, they they won 11 games, you know, um, blew that ceiling out of the water. and. I'm generally not a big fan of nobody believed in us, but this team can scream that all the way back from Dallas if they want to. Because, at, I mean, nobody even did tonight, guys. Devin Brown, everybody knew Devin Brown was starting this game for Ohio State. Everybody knew Marvin Harrison wasn't playing in this game. And nobody was picking Missouri. The line went from Missouri to by two and a half all the way to Ohio State by five and a half, I think, by kickoff. Um, you know, Desmond Howard even said on the on the pregame show, he said, you know, I think Missouri could really could really get something going, could really do something, blah, 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 blah. But Ohio State, just has got too much talent. And Missouri wore them down. They knocked a quarterback out of the game, which is is part of the game. And they were the better team tonight. Um, as Tom Luganville said on the postgame. There's a reason they play four quarters. And how many times did we say that this year? right Uh, missouri would just kind of it wasn't always the pretty it wasn't all the tennessee game sometimes it took a little longer sometimes it took a 62-yard field goal on the last play of the game sometimes it took you know a a fourth and 17 against florida but almost every time their backs were against the wall they came through and they got it done uh deserve a lot of credit i see uh, uh jimmy trimble comment shouting out blake baker could not agree more. Um, he like he knew that Ohio State couldn't throw the ball. And so he was loading up at the line of scrimmage. They were outside of one drive controlling Travion Henderson. And when Ohio State got in a position where they had to throw, he just brought absolutely everybody. He was not going to let uh, – I don't even remember the kid's name. Whatever his name is, he was not going to let him stand back there and have time to throw the football. He was going to bring everybody and force him to make a decision quickly, which it was pretty obvious he didn't know how to do. Um, On the other side of the ball, Kirby Moore. A lot of people not so happy with him at halftime, and I understand. Um, But I I do think that's a – damn good Ohio State defense. Like, they've got NFL guys at every level, and they deserve credit. Um, I know it's very difficult to tip your hat and say, hey, they're good too. But if you're talking about how good Blake Baker is, you've got to talk about how good Jim Knowles is. Now, Missouri missed some chances. I'm, I'm not saying that. But it was a phenomenal defense that they played tonight. And eventually, I think that defense just figured out It doesn't matter unless we score. Once they went down 7-3, unless Ohio State scored on defense, it didn't matter. Daniel, appreciate the super chat, man. Thank you very much. Uh, Gerard will be uh, along. Again, I'm hoping within the next 30, 40 minutes. um, I, I don't know uh he's he's down in uh obviously down in dallas at the game he is uh doing post-game interviews with eli Drinkwitz and whoever else we can get he's going to be riding well into the night probably most of the time until he flies out tomorrow morning um so if he can join us he's going to join us otherwise the 500 of you who are hanging out here are stuck with me so uh appreciate that t rise thanks for the uh thanks for the tip as well um Let's see. Jay Cox says, could have been a romp if that sack fumble was reviewed. Yeah, that was that was weird because I immediately thought, like a live action, I thought that was a fumble. And I just kind of assumed that I didn't see what I thought I saw because the refs called it a fumble recovered by Ohio State. And I thought, well, okay, I guess I just didn't see what I thought I saw. And then they showed it again. And I thought, why are they not taking a look at this? Or why is he like drinkwood's not calling timeout? You know? Um, so that was clearly a missed call. Their rules guy came on that it was clearly a missed call. Um, th- yeah, that could have obviously changed things as I joked with a friend, just because Missouri got the ball at the four yard line at that point, I'm not sure they'd have scored a touchdown, but they would have had at least tied the game three to three. Um, but then the first half was the story of the first half to me was something we've said more about this team than you would think you would say about an eleven and two team. But every time they got close, every time they took a step forward, they did something that you just that just took away a you know a false start. Um, the the Johnny Walker penalty. I, I, and look, guys, I know I know that the Ohio State guy threw the first punch. But like you've literally been told since you were four years old by your mom the second person always gets caught you just you've got to keep your head i and i understand the ohio state guy should have been called for a penalty and they didn't see i get it but it does not matter you cannot react in that situation um because that penalty i mean ohio state was going to have to punt from inside its one yard line worst case scenario missouri was going to get the ball at like midfield. That penalty, I thought at the time, I mean, that took probably three points off the board. And then you're lining up for a 65-yard field goal by Harrison Meavis. And I'm not sure he's going to make it, right? It's a 65-yard field goal. But he's kicked it from that far before. So you at least have a chance. And you get a delay a game. And you're just going, if they could just get out of their own way, they would win the football game. And then they start the second half, very first play. They try to run a naked bootleg. Jack Sawyer, not fooled at all, just crushes Brady Cook for a 10-yard loss. And you're going, maybe the defense is going to have to score. But they just they just don't quit. Um, Cody Schrader, Brady Cook, the offensive line, Luther Burden, the Weiss, you know, I mean, just guys all over the place, uh, making plays, and... Just in the end, survived and got it done. Peter Snow will sign a game clock manager for the next year. It is, uh, it is fairly amazing how many issues that gives. Not just Eli Drinkwitz, it gives coaches trouble all over the country. um And I would like to see. I had some people say that it almost had to have been like that. The the play clock wasn't reset on that. I have no idea. I mean, I'm watching on TV like the rest of you. There were some things that happened that they didn't talk about that as much as you would have liked, you know. So I don't know if there was an issue with the play clock not being reset or what happened on that play. But you just can't get a five-yard penalty there. I mean, it just absolutely can't happen. And then the craziest part to me was on the the last play, the Hail Mary, where they decided not to kick. Um Ohio State rushed three guys, and two of them got pressure. I mean, it was just – it was unbelievable how bad that offensive line was in the first half, and then they got it figured out. Um, I I had seen – okay, I'm going to pop this up, Alex. Uh, T-Rise had wanted to know uh, what Walker did. He clearly got punched in the head. So I know you could see – that Walker was pointing at a guy I think may have grabbed his face mask like after the play was over and this is I'm sure after the punch but you could see that he was kind of involved in some extracurricular stuff and then he was talking and then the flag got thrown and we never really saw what he did like I don't know if it was a bad word I don't know if he reacted but he did something that drew a flag and again I get that he got punched and uh, and all that um But just watching on TV, I I don't know exactly what happened. I just know that you cannot put yourself in a position to get that flag. And credit to Johnny, but I'd said at halftime I wouldn't play him in the second half. Credit to him, he played a hell of a second half. Missouri might not win that game without him. They gave him the MVP, and again, I would have given it to Dalen Carnell, but Johnny Walker played a hell of a game, no question. So he deserves credit for coming back from that. It's always nicer to be able to maybe say, hey, don't do that after you win. Um, You also earn a little bit of a reputation, right? Um, Got kicked out of a game earlier this year, and that follows you a little bit. Josh wants to know, and Josh, thanks for the super chat, where does Cody rank all time at Mizzou? It's so tough because he's really about a a one-and-a-half-year guy. I mean, I just can't. I can't put him above Devin West and Henry Josie. And he, you know, even like Zach Abram had 3,200 yards. Um, James Wilder, you know, it's a hell of a year and it's a great story. And because he was on an 11 and 2 team, like he's going to be remembered forever. Year and a half, though, like, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you where he ranks all time in running backs. I mean, I think a lot of it depends on your age. I was a, I, I was the same age as Devin West. I was a senior in college when he ran for 319 yards on Kansas. Um I've always, always had a soft spot for Devin. I still think he's the single season record holder because his bowl game stats against West Virginia that year didn't count. Um you know, there's a, a generation of people who it's Henry Josey uh, because of his story and what he came back from and, and all that, my sister's dog is named after henry josie. so if if you're of a certain age, it's him. if you are if this Missouri team is the first great team you really remember and have followed, then maybe it's Cody, you know, um I, I just think things like that depend so much on what stage of your life you're in when you watch a team and, and all that that some people will say Cody is you know, had the best season or is the best running back in the history of the University of Missouri, and I, who am I to tell them they're wrong? I mean, I would have somebody else, but you get to make your own list, you know. Um, you can argue that he had the best season ever for a Mizzou player. Yeah, you can argue it. Um, I, I've always said the single best individual season I think I've seen was Denario Alexander in 2000, uh I guess that would have been 2009, 1781 receiving yards. Um, I forget how many touchdowns, 15, 16, something like that. Um, you can argue this one by Schrader was better, uh, had a hell of a year. I don't think there's any question. I'm for some reason frozen up. So, uh, hopefully you guys are still hearing me. Not sure what is going on here. Um. Do we have anything? All right, I'm going to maybe leave and come back. We'll see how that goes. All right, guys, I will uh, jump back in maybe. All right, I'm back. I have absolutely no idea what happened. My computer entirely froze, um, but I'm back. So appreciate Alex for uh, I don't know putting up the uh, putting up the slate and uh, and holding on for a minute. So uh, hey, we didn't even lose that many people. We're still over 500. Awesome guys. Uh, Thank you for hanging out. I I truly have absolutely no idea what happened. I had to shut down my entire browser, but I'm back. So uh, I promise I was not drinking Yingling. I, I I might have some in the house, but I did not. Uh, that's not where I went. I was sitting here in front of my computer staring at a frozen screen the entire time. So (laughs) appreciate you. I like David Hall Jesus. Take the wheel. That's, uh, that's where we're at sometimes, you know, this is, uh, look guys, it's 1115 on a Friday night. Uh, you guys are all drunk, you know, um, I'm not, but I'm sure most of you are. So what what are we really doing here? It's not all that serious, right? So, uh, but appreciate you guys for for hanging out and uh, and sticking with us. Again, Gerard's going to be along in a little bit. Um, What a weird, weird game. I, I mean, I just... I went to Chiefs Raiders on Monday, on Christmas Day, and I felt like I was watching that game again. The only difference was not even the defenses could score in this one. I mean, at at one point, I I think it was early in the third quarter, I said, you know, 14 points is going to win this game, but seven points might win this game. And as it turned out, four points might win this game. I mean, I was joking with some friends at one point, maybe they can get two safeties and win four, three. Um, and you kind of understood, hey, Ohio State does have this third string quarterback. They don't trust him to throw the ball. So maybe you understand those struggles a little bit. Missouri's were tougher to figure out. I mean, their line was just their, their line was just getting torched. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Connor Tollison was snapping the ball when nobody was ready for him to snap the ball. Uh Brady Cook started, like I said, seeing ghosts. He didn't have a lot of open receivers when he did, he missed them. It just all looked very, very bad. And then all of a sudden it didn't. Um okay, so uh I'm getting uh combo. If we can throw up combo's comment, uh Alex, JC said he sees himself coming back. I assuming that's Jalen Carlisle? And if that happens, I, I got to be honest, that would be a huge surprise. I mean, people have told me for weeks, yeah, I mean, no, we don't expect him back. Blake Baker said yesterday um, he'll do very well in the NFL. If Jalen Carlisle is talking about coming back, that's uh, that's something, guys. I, I mean, I think Missouri's Missouri's all in on this, trying to make a run to next year. Davin says Luther told someone Theo's coming back. Yeah, um, I expect Theo Weiss back. Based on what I've heard. Um, you know, and I know Theo said it on an Instagram live, nobody's gonna hold it to that. But based on what I've heard, I believe Theo Weese will be back next year. We know Bookie Cooper's back, we know Joseph Charleston's back, we know Chuck Hicks is back. We will soon know for sure that Christian Williams is back. Um, so uh hey Babe Truth has figured it out. You put a you give us a super chat, your comment is gonna be on the show. I'm not going to necessarily fulfill your comments, but it is going to make it on the show. Um, So I I think you could see some guys say, hey, yeah, I want to come back and I want to take a shot at this because I think the clear goal for Missouri is the playoff. Like here's what this win means going forward. And I'm not a big proponent of a win mattering nine months from now. But I think what this win does is it ensures that Missouri is going to be front of mind when people are doing these, you know, too early top 25. I think Missouri is going to start next season as a top 10 team. And that means two things. First of all, it means if you don't lose, you can't fall. But second of all, it also means if you do lose, like you don't fall that far. So if you start at eight and you lose one, yeah, maybe you fall to 14 but it only takes a couple weeks or a couple other teams losing to fight your way back in. If you start where Missouri started this year, I mean, look how long it took them to get to nine guys. They didn't get to nine until like the 10th week of the season. And, and David, you're hundred percent, right? Like if it's going to happen, it all kind of lines up to be next year. Um, You've got a fifth year senior quarterback. You've got, we all know next year is going to be Luther's last year. Theo's supposedly coming back. Mookie's Mookie's coming back. Um, You've got three or four experienced offensive linemen coming back. You've got both coordinators coming back And Oh, by the way, the damn schedule. Um, Yeah. You got to go to Alabama, but Oklahoma's here. Auburn's here. Texas A&M is breaking in a new coach. Uh, Arkansas's bad. Vandy's bad. Uh, Mississippi state's bad. You know, I, the schedule is if you have to play in the SEC, it's as easy as it gets. So the reason I think tonight was so big is that it gets you in that position to start. Um, okay, Ennis at eleven a.m. announcement. Yeah, I would be stunned if Ennis Rakestraw is back, guys. I mean, that'd be that'd be amazing. I would be very surprised. I've heard some talk that Chris Abrams' drain could be um but i would be i would be really surprised if in strikes draws back um again we'll, we'll see what he says tomorrow he was trying to come to the power mizzou party in dallas last night so maybe i'd just dm him and find out uh what he says H- half the time he hops on our youtube show so in if you're here let us know man if you want to make the announcement on this show um Peter saying KAD is gone. I I think that's probably true. I think he probably leaves. I've just heard some talk in the last few weeks that like it might not be a hundred percent done. Um, but I would expect he's probably gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean in his situation again, maybe you can convince these guys, Hey, come back, chase a playoff. We got some, got some NIL money, all that. Uh, Sorry, yes, it's past my bedtime. Uh, but I would be surprised if those guys come back. But you're, again, you're bringing back Christian Williams. You're bringing back Hicks. You're bringing back Charleston, Theo, Mookie. You've really addressed almost every need in the transfer portal. With uh, with uh, thanks, Steve Richards. Appreciate that. Says uh, he is in this and is, in this is coming back. But uh, every need in the transfer portal. Caden Green's your left tackle. Toriano Pride as a cornerback. You've got a linebacker in Corey Flagg. You've got a defensive tackle in Chris McClellan. Need another one of those. Probably need a defensive end. You've got a running back in Marcus Carroll. You've got another one coming. Um, Or visiting next week, I should say, in Nate Noel from uh, Appalachian State. So you've kind of filled these holes. And you can see the pieces coming together. Um, And and I don't want to focus – too much on next year um but i know that that you guys like i know how this goes you're you're already super excited about next season so i did want to kind of go into it a little bit yeah i mean next year could be like it could be the year you've been waiting for now look the last year we thought was the year we were waiting for was 2008 and we know that it didn't happen so it's no guarantee by any means, but that is the goal. Um, Ryan is asking a question I want to get to. If Drink's getting a contract extension. Yeah, I expect that, yes. And I expect probably next week, if not next week, the week after, I would think we'll hear. I don't know what it is. I don't know numbers. Um, But based on everything I'm hearing, I fully expect that Eli Drinkwitz will have a new contract um, before spring football. I think he actually has one probably now. Um, it just it's not out yet. Um, but I think he's going to get one. Um, no question. Uh, and he should, he's earned it, guys. SEC coach of the year. Um, you can definitely make an argument, he's the national coach of the year. I mean, I don't think he'll win it, but he's in the top five. Jimmy Trimble says the extension is done. Yeah, that's that's everything I hear. Um, I don't know the details of it. I think it's done. I think we'll hear about it in the coming weeks. Um, you know, and and the like baker and and herbie i think we're done for a couple of weeks um before we heard about it so that's how that works um so Drinkwood's is he made six and a quarter this year i think i i'm just and i promise i don't know this i'm just spitballing i think he's probably gonna make at least eight next year and he's earned that um you know mizzou masochist by the way with the best comment like guys i forget how to do this i just start talking like subscribe comment drink a yingling do all the things that help us uh once again our shows all week all of gerard's coverage from dallas has been brought to you by our friends at yingling america's oldest brewery and uh fine fine products they make the traditional lager the flight um that they, they helped us out with the the pre party on thursday night my favorite one actually if you can find it is the yingling black and tan highly recommend it's uh I think it's coming to Missouri next year maybe. Tough to find, but if you can find it, highly recommend it. You should have one of those. But um yeah, do all the things um like subscribe, share, all that. We're going to hang out here with you guys. Yeah, 608 people right now going to hang out here at least until Gerard either can get on here or tell me he is not able to get on here. Uh Snoop says Yingling Summer Shandy is good. I I have not had that one. I do like a Shandy. It's a good float trip beer so uh maybe that's worth a worth the shot um but we're gonna hang out here and talk about whatever you guys want to talk about because i know you're excited i know i have a whole column to write and post game video and a whole bunch of stuff to do but look i'm a man of the people i like to hang out and uh, talk with you guys until all hours of the night on youtube right <laughs> andrew kessel officially returning next year to power mizzou appreciate that i hope you don't actually leave i hope you just continue to stay we like the annual plan guys don't do this month to month stuff annual plan much better for all of us it also saves you money so um all right yingling black and tan next spring in kansas city there you go i appreciate that i will uh i will be doing that gary thomas wants a power of float trip i gotta be honest gary i don't see that in the cards i don't i don't i don't think that's gonna happen to be quite honest with you but i i appreciate the effort um so I'm assuming everybody here watched the show uh, or I'm sorry, watch the game, knows what happened, knows all the, the MVPs, all that. Um, Johnny Walker on offense or defense, Brady cook on offense. Uh, like I said, Dalen Carnell, I think has an argument. Certainly. Uh, Cody Schrader would have had an argument, certainly. Uh, but that's, I mean that that's a good thing, right? When you can make an argument for, for multiple people, I want to want to read you guys some numbers here. I'm I'm just looking at the stats and uh, Alex, whatever graphics you want to throw up, I'll I'll make sure to reference those as well. But Ohio State offensively, 33 carries for 97 yards. That is 2.9 a carry. They were 10 of 24 passing for 106 yards. Ohio State had 203 total offensive yards on 57 plays. That is 3.6 per play. I mean, Missouri had – I don't know how many tackles for loss Missouri had. It was eight in the first half. They ended up with ten tackles for loss, eight quarterback hurries, two forced fumbles, uh, four sacks. I, I mean, just a ridiculous defensive effort. I, look at that. Look at the third down, guys. At one point, the teams were a combined one for 17 on third down. I know. Um, in the end, I guess they ended up a little bit better than that. Let's see. Uh, let's see if I can find the actual third down percentage. You can see, but Missouri was four for 16, Ohio State two for 15. So they combined to go six for 31 on third down. That's insane. Maybe weirder than that, they combined to go four for four on fourth down. And how have we not talked about this? How have we not talked about the the balls on Eli Drinkwitz? You're leading 7-3, fourth and one at the 23-yard line. I said, you got to kick the field goal. Like, you've got to kick the field goal. You've got to go up seven. And Eli sent the offense out there, and I said, you got to kick the field goal. And he called a timeout. And I said, okay, they're going to kick the field goal. And then he sent the offense back out there. And he got it. He put the ball in Brady Cook's hands, ran the same play they had run earlier in the game, this little fake pitch, and then Brady keeps it. And he needed a yard, and he got two. And, look, that's the kind of call. If it doesn't work and you lose the game, you're going to get massacred i would be on here saying how can you go for it there you guys would be wanting to string him up um but it worked and he deserves a ton of credit because i don't think i'd had the balls to do it i think i'd have kicked the field goal to go up seven i understood him going for it like i want to say i wouldn't have killed him for going for it if he didn't get it um he deserves a ton of credit for doing it because I would have taken the points in the seven point lead because I, mostly because I thought, well, Ohio state's not going to go 79 yards and, and tie the game, right? They can't score a touchdown, but that's probably exactly why Eli Drinkwitz went for it. Cause he said, well, even if I don't get it, they're not going to go 79 yards for a touchdown and take the lead. So no big deal. Um, so look, I've, I've criticized him at times for you know fourth down decisions and maybe being a little too conservative he let it hang out and I think mostly he just trusted his team he trusted his quarterback to make the right play there and he did um and he trusted his line to make the block the announcers at one point in the fourth quarter were singling out Xavier Delgado and uh the job he had done um so credit to him uh everything he did this year pretty much was right i mean you can nitpick you know yeah the penalty in the lsu game the interception against the georgia i, I get it like it wasn't all perfect but most things they did this year were right um casey most sports says they say teams uh take on the personality of their coaches i believe drinks defining characteristic is not giving up yeah um Yeah, I don't know if I know Eli well enough to say that or not. Um, This team certainly has some blue-collar, no-quit-in. No No question about that. Um, And, you know, if that comes from the head coach, I mean, it has to certainly come from the head coach in some regard, I think. Um, P. Richards saying, (laughs) you go for it there. It was the smart play, right play most coaches are – you know, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word on YouTube. Whatever, you can read it. Um, I, yeah, most coaches probably don't go for it there. And and look, guys, I really am a go for it guy most of the time. The only reason I wouldn't have tonight is just the offense just was not. They just weren't getting it done most of the night, and and I don't think I don't believe they could get a yard when uh, when Missouri had like fourth and two. It, I think it was about the Ohio State forty eight. I said, you know, they're punting and and I think it's the right move. I, I just don't know if you can trust your offense to get two yards. So uh, but hey, credit Eli. That's why he makes six million dollars and is gonna make eight million or whatever he's gonna make next year, you know. So uh more power to him. He made he he went out on a limb, he made the call, he trusted his team and they did it right. Um <laughs> Ohio State calling for Ryan Day to be fired. Look, the crazy part is I kind of believe you. Um, I mean, he is 50 and eight now as a head coach. Obviously, you can't stand for that. Here's the crazy thing, guys this is the second lowest ranked team Ryan Day has ever lost a football game to. They lost to number 12 Oregon. This is the second lowest ranked team that has ever beaten him. Uh, he is 50 and eight, but he's one and three in the games that matter. Uh, and, and look, this is like, I know that this probably kind of irritates Missouri fans and makes makes you mad. All the talk about, well, Ohio, this is a bad season, Ohio State doesn't care, all that. But that's why this is such a big win. Because those things are true because of who Ohio State is as a program. I looked it up the other day. I believe they have seven losing seasons in the history of their football program. That's 130-some-odd years. Seven seasons with more losses than wins. Um, I mean, they are one of the top three programs, in my opinion, this century. Um, If you want to argue Georgia has now passed them in the last couple years, okay. But I still think if you go 2002 today – I go Alabama one, Clemson two, Ohio State three. They are, like in any time period you want to define, it's a top five-ish program, maybe six, seven. But, you know, top five-ish, whether that's the last 40 years, the last 60 years, the last 100 years, it doesn't matter. They are, like, you don't use two full hands before you get to Ohio State in talking about college football programs. And that's who you beat tonight. And it doesn't matter that they had a third stringer who wasn't allowed to throw the football or couldn't throw the football. It doesn't matter if Marvin Harrison was on the sidelines or in the game. None of it matters. That's the program you beat tonight. And again, Missouri wasn't at full strength. Missouri wasn't perfect. Missouri shot itself in the foot a few times. They won the game. And they are 11 and 2. They are going to be, like I said, seventh or eighth in the country. And none of the rest of it matters in a month. Nobody's even going to be able to name Ohio State's quarterback. I can't name him now. Logan Klein Mets. I don't know if that's right, but that's the point. I don't know who it was. Doesn't matter. Won the game. Um, And Joe, Joe, I think you speak for a lot of people. I got a few texts from people that were kind of oddly emotional tonight. Um, And and I say oddly emotional, like that's how they described it, not me. Uh, I says, I wasn't sure I'd ever get to experience another magical season. Uh, Grateful for this year. And look, I don't know how old everybody here is. um, But this is now what tonight meant was you now get to talk about 2023 the way we talk about 2013 and 2007 the way my dad talks about 1960 and 1969 um you know the way that i mean i think those are probably the five best seasons in school history without going back through you know uh college football reference and and checking year by year but this season is going to be remembered with those now and in 10 or 15 years you're going to be talking about fourth and 17 you're going to be talking about Meavis from 62 yards you're going to be talking about brady cook to luther burden to to the cotton bowl you know um i think it is interesting by the way that all three like elite missouri football seasons in my lifetime have ended up in the cotton bowl and have ended up with a win in the cotton bowl this one clearly the most uh the most impressive cotton bowl win 2007 arkansas arkansas was you know it's a fine program um but it's not ohio state and they didn't much care in that game 2013 oklahoma state is fine but missouri was supposed to win that game i think oklahoma state was like i don't know nine and, three, eight and four, something like that um but this was this one was different This was, this was one of the big boys and you don't get that shot very often. Missouri's beaten. I think they've only beaten Alabama once somebody who's super old can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I know they beat Alabama in the 1968 Gator Bowl. I think they've beaten Georgia once they've now beaten Ohio state twice. I think they're two and 11 all time against Ohio state. Um, Jeremy brings up a good point. Don't need to use STP for this season anymore. Now it's just SP, something proven. I disagree. This works so well for this program. I think they should just use it next year and convince themselves that everybody is picking against them and doesn't believe in them next year too. Um, Clearly the chip on the shoulder drove this team. And you know why it did? Because Cody Schrader could legitimately say nobody believed in. me. Legitimately nobody believed in. Brady Cook can legitimately say nobody believed in me. I, I mean, I didn't. You guys didn't. The fan base – nobody did. Um, so it is very easy, I think, for that team to say nobody believed it. I mean, Theo Weiss is – look, he was a five-star kid, but he left Oklahoma when it wasn't going. Uh, and it, when he wasn't a five-star kid, now he's come here. Mookie Cooper couldn't get on the field at Ohio State. Um, Javon Foster, two-star recruit. There, like, there's a lot of kids on this team who can say that, and there's a lot of kids on every team. Um, you know, maybe Luther Burden can't say nobody believed in me, um, but uh, but they have a lot of guys who that fits. So I think they should 100 just carry it into next year. You know, I I think Drinkwitz should like publish a fake SEC poll and tell his team they're picked ninth in the SEC next year. Hell, I don't know, they might be picked ninth in the SEC next year, to be quite honest. But um. Whatever he's got to use, whatever that team's got to use, absolutely don't care. Andrew says everyone still is picking against us, and they were tonight. Now, will they be? It's a little harder to convince yourself that everybody's against you if you start next season ranked ninth in the country, but that's okay. Um, Hang on one second. Okay, so Gerard just texted me that the press conferences are over. He is on his way back to the press conference, so he's going to join us for a few minutes. So I'm going to keep you guys entertained until he gets back here. We'll talk to him a little bit about his impressions of the game, a little bit about what Missouri said. We're not going to keep him all night because, again, he has to write. I think he's got like an 8.30 flight tomorrow morning. He's got to get back to the hotel, so I promise he's not going to sleep, so I'm not going to keep him on YouTube all night long. Uh, But we'll get him on here. And then when he's done, we'll we'll kind of wrap this up. And and we're going to have a ton of stuff, guys. We had uh, Connor McClain was shooting photos and videos for us down there um, tonight. Gerard is obviously going to have a full story from there. I've got a column that I'm going to write. I mean, it wasn't there. uh, But I feel like I have enough historical context uh, for what Missouri football is that I can offer up a little perspective. So I'm going to try to do that. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're going to get you out on here. And, uh, (laughs) Logan says he can sleep in the off season. That is accurate. Look, uh, look, look, times like this, truly though, this is whatever we'll sleep when we sleep. Um, because like, we know how excited you guys are, um, about this. And the fact that we've got 650 people on here, it is near midnight. Um, look, this is why, this is why we do this. It's fun. This is the fun part. Right. I mean, six and seven isn't very fun. I stayed up late as shit writing about the Armed Forces Bowl two years ago in Dallas. Guys, that sucked. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, the little parade of the Longhorns down Fort Worth, that was kind of cool, but super not worth it. Um, So we we, we would much rather be up late and uh, and get no sleep uh tonight um i mean look i'm gonna be in bed well before midnight on new year's eve so this is my this is my new year's eve we'll just treat tonight as new year's eve i'll be up till three might have a beer after this uh and you know we'll see where it goes um mike leslie toasting with the yingling much appreciated support the sponsors as always guys uh great hats uh and, and and I hope a lot of you guys did get a chance to go to the event in uh Dallas last night uh at chicken and pickle this show does not go all night um I I it doesn't I I would love to do that if like if we start getting like $50 $100 super chats maybe I'll stay on all night but like we're gonna have to make a whole lot of money to uh to make that happen so you guys you guys know what it's gonna take um, Carrington is in the chat Offering to write a column Appreciate that C. CDOT uh, You know um, Yeah go ahead man I don't care We'll publish it We'll do anything at this point in time uh, But uh, Jake wants to know is this the biggest win for drink Or does Ohio State playing the third string QB take away some of the luster It doesn't to me um, I mean it's huge Is this Is this bigger than like the Tennessee win I don't know. That one was pretty big, guys. I mean, without that one, they don't even get the chance at this one. But this is, again, this is Ohio State. This is, like, the helmet stickers and, you know, Brutus. And, like, it's a pretty big deal. Um, It is on national television, standalone game, top 10 team. First win over a top 10 team since 2013. Like I said, first win over a top-10 team in a bowl game since 1961 against Navy. I see Jimmy in the comments saying Kentucky was the pivot point. I can see it. I think the biggest play of the season was the Mevis field goal to beat Kansas State because of the way it happened and all that. Um, that's the play that started. I don't think this season starts without that. The day I actually believed in this team, though, was the loss to LSU. It's 49-39. They lost. But I walked out of the stadium that day saying they're legitimately good. I think they can, I, I think they can absolutely play with pretty much anybody. Um, Kentucky, the fake punt, all that, yeah, like that one looked like it was going bad, and I can see that. It, I mean that's in the that's in the conversation, um, you know. I think this season is the Mevis field goal, the fake punt, and fourth and seventeen. Um, so I, I think those are the three that everybody is always going to remember. I, I tend to lean toward the Mevis one just because it happened first, and because it was—I I mean, it legitimately won the game. Like, yes, the fake punt turned the game around. 4th and 17 kept the game alive. Mavis's was the only one that, that obviously came on the very last play of the game, and it just – like they had kind of given that one up. They had the lead and had kind of given it up, and the way it happened – like I don't believe that Missouri fans stormed the field that day for beating number 16 Kansas State normally. But on a 62-yard field goal, I mean the way it happened was – like it was field storming worthy and and i really think that team rode that wave for a long long time um through a whole bunch of things um yeah so that's where i'm at sorry uh gerard just texted me he's gonna be here in about three four minutes so he is um getting there uh curious kind of uh like not the most influential play, but if you guys want to drop this in the comments, what's the one that, like, when you think about this season, you'll remember? Because when I think back to 2013, I think about Colt 45, the double pass with Bud Sasser and LaDamian Washington. When I think about 2007, I think about, you know, Todd Reesing and the safety. So I'm curious when people think about 2023, like, what's the play? Because I think even though the most influential play was Mevis, I think the one I'll remember is fourth and 17 against Florida, you know? Um, and, and Tim Reynolds said the same thing. I, I just think that's the one that that's the one that took you from the Mizzou fan mindset of the train, the light at the end of the train is a, a or light at the end of the tunnels and oncoming train to, Oh my God, wait, good things can happen here. And so that, that's the one that really made this season kind of atypical i think um jason says the the bomb to burden against memphis that's an interesting one because i honestly i'm not even sure i remember that one to be honest andrew says the fake punt absolutely think that's uh fair um (laughs) alex left the florida game a bit oh okay you had an excuse left the game a bit early to get ready for this stream i thought you were going to say left early just because you thought it was over like uh my wife left the san diego state game in 2010 early because she thought they were beaten, heard the cannon go off on tj mo's touchdown as she was crossing providence so um gary's gary's with me on fourth and 17 um so I, I think there there's no wrong answers, right? I asked what your opinion was, Luke Bauer. Fake fake punt that that's fair. So there's no wrong answer here, but I I think there's four or five that the TD tonight to Luther is. See, if I think about tonight, the play I think about is the forty nine yarder to Marquise Johnson because there was just nothing. To, I mean nothing worked, guys. They looked they looked like they weren't sure it was legal to complete a forward pass brady looked at times like he wasn't even going to throw a forward pass um apparently eli's on espn i don't know why eli's not on yingling post game live but whatever good for him if you guys want to go watch svp rather than this hey that's that's your call um but no i think i think the 49 yarder to marquise was the one that just kind of got things going um so i'm curious yeah carrington's talking about cool to see so many mizzou fans i'm curious for those of you who are there because it was tough to tell on tv what it was like um damn casey more sports fan really came through with the 50 dollars super chat really appreciate it it's going to take multiple ones to keep me up all night but we'll see how it goes but that's awesome man. really appreciate that i know you've been here for a lot of our streams throughout the uh throughout the season and the year um but uh want to know from you guys who were there, like, what was it? Was it sixty forty 40 Mizzou? Because that's what Desiree Reed-Francois said she expected. Saw a couple tweets from people in the stadium that said they thought it was pretty close to 50-50. I saw a little more red than I anticipated. So curious, um, those of you who are there, what it was like um, split-wise and, and um, you know, whether there were the comments in this. are just going to get out of control, guys. I hope you're shows up pretty soon because uh you guys are cracking me up and i do still have to figure out uh how to do the rest of the work tonight but um appreciate you guys uh being entertaining and uh nathan appreciate that man I, like who knew all i had to say was hey donate 50 dollars, and i'll stay up all night and, uh, we'll see how that goes guys i I don't know if i can but we'll uh i don't know if alex is happy about this behind the scenes at all i guarantee gerard is not going to stay up all night well he's going to stay up all night just not on here because he's got stories um stories to write but it's seriously appreciated guys that uh that uh you guys are are on here and dropping that and uh and want to hang out so we'll hang out for a little while john black says it was 60 40 mizzou that's pretty uh that's pretty good it was i mean i was getting texts from people all over dallas like hey i'm at this place it's all mizzou i'm at that place it's all mizzou i'm at that place 95 percent mizzou you know so uh i think that missouri has kind of put to rest the idea that they have a fan base that isn't going to travel and isn't going to support this team um okay apparently eli drinkwood said that kad played with a separated shoulder um wow played a hell of a game too i mean like i don't feel like the corners were tested a lot i didn't hear drayden norwood's name once which is good um again i think Ohio State only threw up, only completed ten passes. So it's it's not like they were necessarily going after them. But Kad did have a he he did have a pass broken up that I remember got a hand in, and and he had a couple nice hits. Um, You know, let's see if I can look up defensive stats. He had. Chris Abrams strained four tackles, two solos, one pass broken up. You know, so not, not the most productive night. But, again, Ohio State couldn't throw the football, and that's a that's a credit to KAD. And if he was playing with a uh, separated shoulder, then even more impressive. Um, 60-40 Mizzou. And Mizzou fans were louder of the two groups. Yeah, because, like you said, I mean, I don't know what Ohio State would have gotten excited about. I guess they got excited for Jack Sawyer's uh, sacks. You know, he had a lot of them, um, but other than that, not a whole lot of I, – I mean, there just never was a feeling that Ohio State was capable of going the length of the field and scoring um, because Missouri knew they could load up on the run, and they were doing it, and like Ohio State just couldn't make them pay for it. You know, it was, hey, we're just going to put eight guys in the box and and, and nothing they can do um stewart says maybe overstating it but this season feels like mizzou was finally accepted by the sec i don't know when you walk in and you go to the league title game in years two and three pretty much if i'm a mizzou fan since then i would have said piss off if you don't think we belong here maybe get there yourself you know um but yeah i i I don't know i tend not to not to worry too much about that stuff respect around the uh the area, Gerard. Give me a thumbs up when you're ready, and you want me to uh, add you to the screen. All right, we got your guy here. They've been they've been asking for you, Gerard, for like half an hour. I've been boring the shit out of them, and they've been like, "Where's Gerard? What's going on?" So, uh all right, man just just big picture kind of first thoughts coming out of that one.
1: Um, man, it's a it's a resilient group. Oh man, it's going in and out me. Do you have me? We good? Okay, um, yeah, just a resilient group because down, down 3-0 for 45 minutes of the game and you kept saying, like, defense is doing so many – they're getting stop after stop after stop. They're going to have to – they got to do something because what's worse than losing 40-0, to losing 3-0 to with, with no quarterbacks uh, able to play. So that play to Marquise Johnson, huge, huge. Up. The players – um, they were all saying how that kind of broke it open. And for the offense specifically, that's when they was just like, all right, this is just kind of like how we've been throughout the season. We've got a rhythm, we've got things going. And so, I mean, it's just a resilient group because it was looking abysmal for you know 75% of the game.
0: Well, I'm curious what Brady Cook said because like we were texting during the game, and to me, like he hit a point in the second quarter I thought where like he was just seeing ghosts. Like he didn't get any protection for the first quarter and a half. And then he just started to expect pressure. But then the throw to Johnson kind of freed him up. And man, he, he turned in a couple of a hell of a couple drives there.
1: Yeah. Um, he was really good with his legs. I know he had over hundred yards rushing, so at least he had that going for him. But uh yeah, that his offensive line was in his lap for most of the game, honestly. He could, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes Uh, I was talking with some other reporters up there, just kind of like Luther, he was not getting many touches early on. And there were some points, even though there were short routes where Luther would be open, but he hasn't even got a chance to look. He gets to look at one read, whoever that designated read, and then he's got people in his face. And, you know, a couple of times he was able to get, you know, large, you know, scrambles and stuff out of that. But he it was tough for him. So he kept he kept fighting through. And this is something I said earlier in the week. They're going to have to get a big play at some point. Because if you keep the game condensed, that's what Ohio State does. And for all the stuff they can't do as far as, you know, Ohio State not getting takeaways and, you know, maybe the sack numbers, it's pressure and they keep the field, they condense the field. So it's kind of like the equivalent of, you know, when teams get in the red zone, it kind of limits your offense, limits the passing and stuff like that. That's what they do with the entire field. That's what they're really good at. So they had to stretch it and they they were able to. Defense, man. I know it
0: was a third string quarterback. But damn, they were good tonight. I mean, they they were they were all over the place. It, it was like they just said, okay, we know you gotta run, so we're gonna load up on that. And and oh, there was one drive where Travion Henderson ran the ball, and other than that, they didn't do much of anything all night.
1: Right. D Rob said something like, Um, once somebody asked him, did the game plan change once you know uh Brown went out of the game? And he was just like yeah, usually I was expecting no, because most of them say, yeah. you know, oh, it's game plan saying. He was like, no, 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 because we knew they were going to run, so all we had to do was sell off the run, and then once they got the lead, they knew, okay, they're going to pass. And, you know, going into the season, uh,
0: Lincoln, was it host He had 19 19- – I don't know. I've called him like five different things. I can't ever remember.
1: <laughs> well, Lincoln had 19 uh, snaps in, in two games played, So, um, and I, I don't know how many of them were passing, but I figured – maybe none of them
0: so they five. they knew what they yeah. five Throwing okay five yeah so
1: you know kind of the point there
0: yeah um so who'd you guys talk to after the game
1: yes okay so um i couldn't talk to obviously was going to be really in drinking brady's and johnny's that was kind of at the end i started with d rob i happened to run into d rob so i got to talk to d rob um i talked to jc i talked to lou and I talked to cody for a little bit um a lot of this was just about, you know, finishing the game strong, being resilient, Mm -hmm. talk to them about those drives, 95 yards, 91 yards. I mean, you really couldn't think about that considering how they couldn't, there was one possession. I remember I texted you and I said, how do you get the ball on your own 48 yard line and you get seven yards and you punt that's ridiculous. And so for them to kind of like do those two legacy defining drives, I mean, there's been, a whole season full of these moments where you say I can point to that moment right there, that moment, that moment, or that game or whatever. So um, that was kind of a lot of what they were saying generally.
0: Yeah. I want it known that when Missouri took over the ball on its own five yard line down three, nothing, I did text multiple friends and say, I totally believe Missouri is going to go 95 yards here. Now it was completely sarcastic and I did not <laughs> believe that at all, but I did say it at the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you talked to Carlisle. i some some people were saying that he said uh, either on Twitter or in interviews he could see himself coming back next year. Did you hear that? Do you know anything I, on I, that?
1: I didn't hear that. Um, okay. And I'm um, what did I just say besides Lou, the feeling I got from talking to them was you know, from the other three seemed like they weren't coming back. Obviously, we know D Rob and Trader can't, but JC, I didn't when I talked to him, I didn't get the feel that it was you know Tom and you know, Brady. The little part I could catch of that press conference, you know, he confirmed he was coming back. I mean, although we we knew that, yeah. but um, I didn't hear the JC part.
0: Okay, so give me your perspective on just, I mean, how big this is the, because I said I think Missouri's going to start the season as a top ten team now next year.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, this momentum, it's never, it never really stopped. It never really stopped, and. Mm-hmm not all the momentum wasn't I guess completely I don't know how to put it because like I feel like it starts in spring ball there's storylines you know what they're gonna do with Brady is this or Sam Horn Jake Garcia then you know you get past that you hear it, okay you know, let's just wait till the summer you got the camps you're getting recruiting going they had the you know that big recruiting weekend it seemed like it got some stuff going then you got the NIL off then you got Williams uh, and all that other stuff so it just keeps going I think this win it's big. I think the way they won is big because I see some of you guys in the chat talking about I was on this Ohio State Kool-Aid when all I was trying to do was just be objective and tell y'all this is not an easy game that y'all are thinking. I think Ohio State's defense is legit. They showed yeah. that. They held, they held Missouri to zero for three quarters. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a – it's a big win because they – they overcame a lot of adversity in the game where people were so many people were thinking they're going to lose 3-0 in the Cotton Bowl and, and went the bed crazy and they didn't so it's huge cuz it's Ohio State and even Cody Schrader was just like yeah it was a tough game but at the end of the day like it's Ohio State like we know what type of name that is and we know what that means you know for the program going forward
0: yeah i hope you're uh, i hope you're not reading too many of the comments these people have us going on a power Mizzou float trip soon so that's um, that's, uh, um that's i don't about. know
1: i don't know what uh, I don't know what that is. I'm what are you talking about? What,
0: that, what y'all mean by this? We're we're all gonna that we're all gonna get on rafts and float down the river and drink beer. That's we oh man. Yeah, I don't know. Y'all, that's that's, that's what y'all going. got it. You got it, Gerard. It's, it's happy times around here tonight. Man. Nah, um, so, uh let's let's talk real quick. Uh, because it took me like forty-five minutes to remember to talk about this tonight you're facing fourth and one at the 23 and you're Eli Drinkwitz, what would you have done? Seven, three. I was saying go for
1: it. it. I was saying go for it. And the reason I was saying go for it is, I mean, so you said 23. All right, so it's fourth and really like six or seven inches. You can fall forward and get that. If you don't get it, I mean, that's tough, but you've got – they still have to score a touchdown, basically, and they haven't proven really that they can consistently go down the field either with a third-string quarterback. So you your defense, there could have been plenty of other times where the defense gave up some stuff and kind of let the game get away from them, and they didn't. So I was confident if you were going to go for it, I mean, go for it, you don't really got much to lose, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, and in the end, he made the made the call. It was the right call. It all worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, more power to him, man. Uh, yeah. what, what what was the what, what was it like uh, crowd wise? More Mizzou fans down there, you think?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely, it was more uh, Mizzou fans. You know, throughout the week. I mean, I did go to the uh, the Cavaliers and Mavericks game on Wednesday. I did actually see you know more Ohio State and Cleveland fans down there. Um, yeah. Obviously, because you know one of the teams. But after that, and talking to other reporters, they didn't. Didn't really see many Ohio State fans when I got to the stadium. I was a little bit surprised because I say it was 60-40 yeah. Mizzou, 65-35, but it wasn't like Ohio State's side of the field was like non-existent, even sick, you know, 35-40% is a lot for that type of fan base. So it was a good crowd, but it was definitely more. It was a Mizzou home game for sure. And I was thinking about this earlier. I went through all the games, they had, you know, was it five home games? They had a neutral site game in St. Louis. All home games. Think about some of the other games where it seemed like it turned into a home game at some point. Kentucky Ooh. turned into a home game. Arkansas was a home game from pretty much the start, honestly. Um what else? There was there's was just a few other home games. There's maybe one game, Georgia, where I didn't feel that way. Yeah. Everything else turns into a Missouri home game. So the fans really showed out uh for their team this year.
0: I, I got to say, man, I'm a little bit disappointed that you did not get your guy Pat McAfee to come on with us tonight. Oh, uh, man. Tight,
1: man. Uh, yeah. Um, he was he was cool. I met Pat, uh, pregame. He told me he liked my nice shoes. For those wondering, I got some thirteens on some white and blue, gray thirteens on. He said he liked my shoes. I got a quick picture with them. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's very nice guy. Very nice guy.
0: Not, not nice enough to hang out with us at midnight on YouTube, but, you know, that's all. Right.
1: I'm sure Pat is on one of his many private jets to wherever he's about to do the show yeah. next or whatever. He
0: could, he could come on the float trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, hey, I know you got a ton of stuff to do. You got to get a shuttle back to the hotel. So I'm going to let you get to that. I'm going to finish up with these people and uh, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll sleep at some point. Probably not tonight, but at some point.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I to i do want to say, you know, this real quick. I know some of y'all still hating on me for my for some of my analysis uh, for this game and this year, but honestly, just like I said yesterday, um, you know, at the the chicken and pickle, you know, event subscriber event we had yesterday, really do appreciate you guys subscribing and you know, reading reading all our stories. You know, Drew, Sean, Gabe, myself, um, listening to the podcast. Something I was telling everybody yesterday, and you may have heard it then, is. I think we all wake up thinking we hope you get your money's worth and that we're giving you the content that you're paying for. And so just appreciate you guys. I mean, obviously the season's over, but we're still going to keep doing stuff, but appreciate y'all sticking it through and deciding to come here for your, you know, Missouri sports needs.
0: And, and float trips and shirtless float YouTube trips. shows too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All, all that stuff.
0: All right, man. Appreciate you. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Had to add some, had some time to, uh, to take it in a little bit, and uh, I don't know. Well, hopefully you, uh, hopefully you get to your flight without uh, four three forty tomorrow morning. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be riding all the way. I'm not gonna
1: be able to sleep. I probably will finish right. by the time it's time to to get that that Uber. So it, <laughs> I'll get some sleep when I get home.
0: <laughs> all right, then have a good one. We'll talk yeah. to you. All right, that is Gerard Hamilton from AT and T Stadium. Uh, appreciate him jumping on and I didn't want to keep him all night because again guys he's got I, I mean just got done with interviews he's got stuff to get up on the site I mean I do too a little bit but hey, you know he's he's the guy that's working hard I sat on my ass to watch the game on TV like you guys did tonight so uh you know uh, I got yingling downstairs if I want to so um but I wanted wanted to get him in so you guys could kind of get the perspective of he he talked to some of the guys and all that said so he talked to Luther talked to Darius uh talked to uh Jalen Carlisle I uh, had a little bit from drink and Cody and, uh, Brady cook. So all that stuff is, is going to be up there. Um, yeah. So I don't know guys, other than figuring out where we're going on the float trip. Uh, I don't really know what else we got left to do tonight. Um, <laughs> Andrew is apparently the float trip chair. Uh, that's where we're at. Um, but it, seriously, like Gerard said, like, uh, we do appreciate you guys. Um, Coming here and i mean we had 650 people on it at midnight you know uh truly do appreciate you guys being a part of this and um i, I don't want to say humbled because like i don't really get humbled that's that's not really a word i used to describe myself but um do appreciate that you guys choose this as as your place and your outlet and like i know we don't always see it um see it from the same lens I know sometimes you need me to blame the refs a little bit more than I do. And sometimes you need me to be a little more upset after a loss or elated after a win. Um, but that's what I leave to you guys. Uh, but it has been like, this has been a fun season for us guys. Uh, just as much as it has been for you guys. Um, it's way more interesting and way more, rewarding to cover a season that goes this way and a team that does these things than it is to cover the ones I've covered for the last seven or eight years. Hell of a season, um hell of a ride. And I, I mean it's it's just like the portals open them back up. There's gonna be plenty of stuff going on. This is going to be an off season like we haven't seen in a long time. Like I said, I think Missouri's is going to finish seventh or eighth this year. I think they're going to start next year in the top 10. So we understand the appetite for Mizzou football now is not going to go away just because the season's over. I promise I'm going to give Gerard a week off at some point, not yet, but at some point, um, I may take a, a week off at some point, but that'll probably be more in the summer. Um, I will be at mizzou central arkansas basketball tomorrow if any if any of you guys want to go hang out there i mean that's better than a float trip mizzou central arkansas basketball you know um, at two o'clock tomorrow so uh but seriously though like i was saying just appreciate that that you guys have chosen to make this uh part of what you do and going into next season we're going to make this probably a bigger part um try to expand the video part the youtube part um and, and figure out how we can make your guys' experience following Mizzou better. And you know how you make it better? Win 12 games instead of 11. You know, uh, make a 12 team playoff. So uh, appreciate you guys being along for the ride. Appreciate everything Alex has done behind the scenes and running these streams for us all season long. Uh, Gerard down in Dallas, uh, Connor also down in Dallas. He's going to be sending me some video. And One more time, in all seriousness, all our sponsors, but specifically for this week and for these shows, our friends at Yingling, Um, Mike Benning is the guy who hooked us up. Uh, Cindy is our contact at Yingling, and uh, they have been fantastic to work with, really appreciate everything they've done, uh, promoting this on social media and growing this and just making it what it's become. So thanks, guys. Uh, 519 of my closest friends still on, going to sign off, go right. Hope you guys uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and maybe you sleep. Maybe you won't talk to you next time.